Happy Halloween, everyone. Joshua Gilliland here, one of the founding attorneys of The Legal Geeks with my partner, Jessica Meterson. Jessica, how are you? Hey, Josh. I am doing great. All geared up for uh, is exciting, spooky Halloween. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, is the candy purchased? Are you ready to go? The candy is purchased, but the kids have snuck into it and they keep eating it, so I need to hide it or get more or both. Get out the nanny, nanny cam and uh, <laughs> document, document, document. Uh, yeah, this is why it doesn't pay to think ahead when you're buying candy early in October for Halloween. It ha has one of the children filed a whistleblower complaint on the other yet? Or? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Those happen immediately. <laughs> okay. That's good. That's good. I, I look forward to the, the impeachment inquiry. So uh, We have a full evidentiary hearing coming up. Testimony, friends will come in. They've been subpoenaed. It's all good. And uh, yes, I, I'm sure the other neighborhood children uh, will just like rush the hearing wanting to be part of the depositions. So yes, I'm sure all that will happen. Uh, luckily, no. I'll like be broadcast live on like TikTok or something. <laughs> so no security here. <laughs> With different audibles, it'll be great. So uh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> who, who knew that the next logical evolution from C-SPAN was TikTok? So uh, that's right. <laughs> a lot wow. peppier. It's a lot more interesting to watch on TikTok. Yes. Okay. Um, uh, oh, God bless living in interesting times. So, uh, well, that scary stuff aside, let's talk about spooky Halloween. And we, we've both identified some different movies and, and uh, topics for this evening's recording. And uh, Jessica, why don't we go first with you and, and your, some uh, things you want to talk about from Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, we were just discussing before the podcast, 90s nostalgia. And I don't know actually if that's late 80s or early 90s nostalgia, but I love Beetlejuice. I'm actually not big on creepy movies, Halloween movies, but the combination of Tim Burton and Michael Keaton, and I think that would have been like the early 80s, was one I could not resist. Michael Keaton, still the best Batman, in my opinion. Tim Burton, Batman with uh, Prince soundtrack, still my favorite. But um, but anyway, so yeah, and of course, I'm of that age where Winona Ryder was like, my God. I was trying to think of who my daughter would compare her to, but I can't even. I mean, Winona Ryder was everything. I saw everything she was in, and I just loved her. So anyway, so yeah, so Beetlejuice has been a longtime favorite of mine, and I am pleased to report that I even showed it to the kids not too long ago. And I really have about like um, – 20% batting average with the kids. Most of the old movies they can't stand, but I'm happy to report they both love Beetlejuice. So that was really awesome. That's good news. And it's, I, I just looked it up while you were uh, sharing your thoughts and it was 1988, which, okay. which pairs well with the one I'll talk about, which was from 87. So. Ooh, all uh, right, good. So, so yeah, so fun time in movies. Yeah, so we are definitely looking back at our tween years, and uh, <laughs> wow, so yeah, that is super nostalgic right there, but let's, uh, what, what have you noticed about Beetlejuice on the law side uh, that we can explore? Well, first, I'm actually going to give a spoiler splash uh, slash teaser for an upcoming blog post we have by uh, one of our guest bloggers, a law student, Gabby. 
she came up with a very clever idea, and I don't want to spoil it, so you'll have to go read her blog post to get the full details. But there's a question in Beetlejuice of whether the ghost played by a young Alec Baldwin and my one of my favorites, Gina Davis, whether they could adversely possess the house after um, they died and they continued to stay in the house and haunt the house. So I think that's a great question, and I cannot wait to read her take on that. Um, the other big thing, of course, that came up for me, well, two. Two. One, they never really addressed the fact of the, you know, whether they'd had a will or they died intestate. In theory, um, you know, the house, there should be somebody who inherited the house. Now, they may have chosen to sell the house of their beloved ones that died, but you never really see that in the story or in the movie at all. You just see them dying, and then their real estate agent slash friend is already moving on selling the house. That seems a little like, you know, greedy of her. But anyway, so I always had that question about where is the heir to the house? The bigger question, though, and it wouldn't be so much for that first sale, but if Winona Ryder's parents uh, were ever to sell the house, and that's played by what? The great Catherine O'Hara, and is it Martin Mull, I think, played the dad? And I think Catherine O'Hara played the stepmom, who is so fabulous. She's also great on Schitt's Creek, by the way. Um, but anyway, uh, the question would be, if they ever sold the house, would they have to disclose disclose the fact that they know that the house is haunted. And this is actually a real question that has come up before. There was a famous case in 1990 in New York um, where the owner, the, the purchaser of the house, Jeffrey Stambofsky, was buying a home uh, for $650,000. And that was back in 1990, so that had to be a big house. And he put down $32,000. Then he found out, after he put down that, that deposit, that the house had a reputation for being haunted, and he wanted his deposit back. The trial court ruled against him and said, no, that was not something that had to be disclosed. You don't get your deposit back. But on appeal, he won. Um, and eventually, they actually decided to some sort of settlement maybe later on. But so the question is, of course, generally, most states say that you have to disclose all known material facts about a property to the buyer. Um, in Arizona, for example, they've specifically said that you don't have to disclose. A material fact is not something as such as whether the site uh, or the house was the site of a natural death, suicide, or homicide. Um, but the question would be, would the fact that a house is haunted um, and that there seems to be a pretty good reputation that is haunted, would that be a material fact? So that'd be kind of an interesting case to litigate. And that is my thought because obviously the fact that the house is haunted was well established by the end of the movie. So yeah, so if Winona inherited that house, never wanted to sell it, would she have to disclose that? And quite frankly, she could probably sell it at a premium. I'm sure there'd be some people out there who would love to buy a haunted house. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they would. And uh, <laughs> yeah, all kinds of weird issues there. I do think it would need, again, depends on the state. Uh, if it's open and notorious haunting, that probably should be, you know, with the Congo lines and everything, probably should disclose that. Uh, if it's debatable, that probably not. Uh, it's like we had, um, I believe my grandparents' house was haunted. Uh, that the original owner, Ooh. oh yeah, so like our ghost stories in the house was original owner died in the house, which was what we used as the den at the time was the master bedroom because the final master bedroom was added on. And every night at 2 a.m., this it would start from the den, um, 
where the original owner basically would walk the house, which is what he did in life. And it would be like, be like a crackling noise and you could hear uh, dishes moving in the kitchen. And uh, all that was super creepy. And my grandfather thought like, oh, it's just the house settling. And my reply would be on a schedule. (laughs) (laughs) It it doesn't happen in your bedroom because your bedroom's the new part and the ghost doesn't go in there. (laughs) So you don't hear it. Everyone else Wow. Oh, yeah. Um, Then uh, the encounter with, I'm pretty sure, was my grandmother. And um, I am still concerned if my grandmother was hanging around because she felt she needed to do laundry. Uh, But this goes back to uh, community college. I'm doing um, calculus homework with a buddy. We're in the kitchen. Kitchen connects to the living room. uh, Straight back. Off to the sides. uh, So you basically hang a right, which go to the office slash laundry room. And we're slugging it out with complex math. All of a sudden, yeah. Notice the light in the office turns on. (gasps) The radio without a remote control turns on and cycles through the channels. My friend and I like stop and just look at each other. We then (laughs) hear the TV set turn on also that without a remote and is flipping through the channels. Because when my grandmother did laundry, she would have something on. (laughs) So I had the bright idea to run in there. Again, it was very Ghostbusters with a grabber. And uh, so we both ran through the living room and hung a right into the laundry room. And everything turned off. (laughs) Whoa. So I'm pretty sure that didn't go into the disclosure but um because my grandfather didn't believe it and right. uh, i did talk to the pastors like so what do we do what do we do because i really don't like the idea that my grandmother felt she needed to fold sheets and that's why she's still here so yeah how do we, how do we fix this and um the answer was like leave a lit candle so that way <laughs> Like, okay, we can do that. So, did it help? Uh, I never experienced anything like that again. Well, I do tell you, my daughter is convinced, and all of her friends, and six, now she's in seventh grade, but sixth grade is kind of a notorious time for when kids get freaked out about things and like to scare themselves. But multiple times, I would get panic phone calls on my way home um, and then get home, and they would have all the girls would have locked themselves in my daughter's bedroom because they would insist that the house was haunted. All right. So Josh, tell me what are some of your favorite Halloween movies that have some good legal issues? Well, there are many, but one that's always near and dear to my heart is from the summer of 1987. And that would be monster Mm -hmm. squad, which I saw in Ann Arbor, Michigan when my grandparents lived out there. And so we were back for that summer and they would drop us off at the movie theater. And that was one that we went and, and saw Oh, it's just it's just fun. I mean, you know, like it it came out a week after Lost Boys, if I remember the timing right, which was the oh. kiss, of, kiss of death for that movie. Yes. So that if that had been a September release, it probably would have been better for all involved. But, uh, you know, it, it's a cult classic of, you know, kids fighting monsters. You know, we have basically, you know, monster kids, you know, the type of kids who would would have read Famous Monsters magazine, uh, who have their little monster club. 
and they end up having to fight Dracula, the Gill Man, uh, Frankenstein's creature who goes on their side, uh, the mummy, and uh, Wolfman. And I always thought it was just a rip boring. It's a it's a massive love letter to uh, the Universal monsters, and Stan Winston just did such a yeah. beautiful job with all the the costumes and the makeup. And and the Dracula is pretty badass. I mean, like at the the end fight scene, he's snapping necks of police officers, and you're watching this like, oh my! Whoa. It's like, whoa, this is a kids movie, and he like he just broke that dude's neck, <laughs> and it's like, bam, oh. Uh, Okay, uh, but just just a couple legal issues because uh, I, I do adore this film. Uh, so we do have abandoned property. So there's the house where Van Helsing's diary is, and mm-hmm. so and this is in Louisiana. So we're going to deal with Napoleonic Code. But if the house is abandoned, uh, like it's kind of up for grabs. You know, it hasn't been condemned. So we have some abandoned property issues. We have bullying issues of of Horace, and um, uh, you can tell it's a very 1980s movie where, you know, at at the end, after, you know, the kid gets a shotgun from a slain police officer, and he kills the gill man with the shotgun, and... And uh, the the bullies who had tormented him were hiding in a store, and like they wouldn't let let Horace in, so Horace could have died a horrid death. And uh, they they make some comment about what he had done, and to which you know the the kid, you know you know uh, cocks the gun and says, "My name is Horace," and it's like you shouldn't need the shotgun for respect, but. It was, it was 1987. It was a different time. It was a different time. Um, we have the, the older high school boy who, you know, who's the bad boy who joins the uh, monster squad. And he's up in the treehouse where he can look at a uh, young woman changing with binoculars. And, you know, that's full on. Uh, yes. Classic scene. Yes, it is. But that was classic in the 80s. Yeah, it's just it's a peeping tom. You're you're a dirty, dirty boy. And don't do that. Don't look at ladies with binoculars. Ladies don't look at other ladies or other dudes with binoculars. No one do that to anyone. No. Bad. Uh, <laughs> it's it's invasion of privacy. Some states you have specific laws on it. Some of the states now have actually written in uh, that using a drone to peer through somebody's window you know, like falls under the peeping Tom statutes, which means that happened in that state. Uh, oh, thank goodness. Yeah. So no, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> laws aren't written proactively with like, hey, this could be a future problem. That, that doesn't happen. So that meant somebody, hey, there's a drone watching me change. Um, and that's just messed up. So, but, but the last part is, you know, there's a posse comatosis issue because one of the kids, you know, sends a, you know, a letter to the army written in crown of like, help, there are monsters. And the army rolls into the town at the end, which again, damn it, we're America, we're the good guys. And I like, I like the idea that the army gets a note, oh crap, what's happening? Well, we better load up the tanks and go find out. It's like, that is quintessential America right there. Like, well, some kids are in trouble. We better go, let's go saddle up and find out. Except they roll in with tanks. Um, yeah. 
So the army is not supposed to conduct law enforcement and law enforcement does get kind of slaughtered uh, by the monsters. So they probably would have needed the National Guard uh, at that point anyway. So good issue of if it's the U.S. Army that rolled in versus the Louisiana National Guard could raise a posse comitatus issue, but you also get issues with uh, like has a state of emergency been declared because we know it's not like Louisiana has ever been late into doing that and uh, uh, we'll be fine, don't worry. Uh, <laughs> those buses aren't nice enough um but they yeah it's 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 a cute film and i've always just been endeared to what a love letter it is to the universal monsters it seems like that's the sort of show that would almost be prime for a, a remake now with all universal's attempt to reboot these monster movies yeah and here's the thing it's the movie I felt worked on the monster front because they treated it with six, um, with love and reverence and like the, the horror was played straight, mm -hmm. whether it was Dracula feeding on, you know, young girls and turning them into his brides or, uh, you know, the Gilman being the Gilman or, uh, you know, Frankenstein being very sweet and misunderstood and, and the way they depict, you know, the creatures actually, very endearing um and they do again since it's 1987 so we're you know at the kind of the swan song for you know the greatest generation now we have scary german guy uh yeah. when he, talk, he you know talks about yes i'm familiar with real monsters and when he closes his front door you can see the number tattooed on his arm it's like oh. it's like yeah that's a they work that in of Nazis are bad, remember? Remember? Nazis bad. And always. Never been Just like to show that out once in a while. I know. Just in case anyone's curious, Nazis still bad. Yeah, it doesn't matter they made the Autobahn. Still the bad guys. Still yep. the bad guys. Never stopped. Nope. Nope. Bad today. Bad then. Bad today. So put the tiki torch down. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Big not a fan. Not a fan. No. Uh, so that's nice. That's nice that they worked that in. That's good. Yeah. And it's, it's the 80s message of, okay, so there's this old man and everyone's afraid of him. And then they meet the old man. It's like, oh, you're nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, everyone. Now, again, we wouldn't encourage kids to do this in 2019. But the fact is, like, yeah, come in for pie. And they all have sodas and eat pie. And he translates the book <laughs> for them. I, I, we were that's we don't do that anymore there's an after school no. that's uh but again it highlights just because somebody's different or you don't understand them that doesn't mean they're bad and which is yeah. one of those endearing messages and also with frankenstein's creature not bad yeah yeah. No, I am very much picturing, because I do not recall this at all, and obviously I remember Lost Boys, so I guess Lost Boys just did just completely overshadow it, but I'm sort of picturing the Goonies with monsters. That's probably a fair assessment. Yeah. The, um, um, you know, the other things that were endearing from the time was uh, uh, the parents for the, the main character are good parents. So, like, no, okay. one's, a, no one's a deadbeat. Dad's a... Dad's a police officer and definitely overextended at work, but like he still 
he couldn't take the kid to the drive-in movie, so he's up on the roof with the kid watching through binoculars the drive-in movie, which we had those in the olden days, children. And uh, like he like brought up burgers and fries. It's like, oh, he's a so he's not a deadbeat. He's just overextended and trying to be a good dad. That's nice. You yeah. Know, the, there was the issue of would the parents get divorced or not? And mm. facing the monsters, they quickly worked out those differences. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we good? Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll be home more often. And everyone wins. Uh, uh, so again, it's a very 1980s movie, but it's it's just damn adorable. And I I, I do uh, do enjoy mm-hmm. watching it once a year. I know. I may have to show it to the kids for Halloween. I, I think it's, they're in that tween age because it's, in, there's, it's a narrow time period and is one of the, the, the observations about the film for who it's relevant to because mm. it's too scary for young kids, mm-hmm. but too childish for older kids. Yeah. So there's this generational slice that i think psychologists or would would call a cohort of you know a very specific age demographic that this is meant for Hmm. well my daughter we did just watch the new godzilla movie thanks to my daughter so i think she might my my son might feel like he's a little bit too old for but i think she would be right in there so i might convince her this is a good good movie to watch while eating some halloween candy definitely I would, I, I encourage it. I mean, there, there are other, there are lots of other ones. Uh, you know, we, we're lucky to have lots of options for, <laughs> it's, you know, Goosebumps was past my time and, you know, not mm-hmm. have, so again, not, not, I know it exists. That's the extent of my knowledge. I know it exists. Yeah. Uh, but there's lots of fun uh, that can be had because it's Halloween and like, that's what you should be doing on Halloween. I like fun scary. I don't do real scary, but yeah, so fun scary, I uh, I can check out. Same here. I don't like gore, but you know, I've been watching a lot of the old Universal monster movies. Yeah, and, and which is again, we've been doing blog posts on them. Uh, the Invisible Man. Uh, I that's one I I really didn't get into, but the collector set that has like the five or six movies. They're actually pretty ingenious because mm. they're they're all different. So you have mm. the the first one, which is scientist take makes the drug, takes it, doesn't do experimentation, and he goes mad and turns into a bad guy. And deathbed realizes that he screwed up. Ah. See, second one is with Vincent Price, who's on death row, falsely convicted of killing his own brother. And the uh, brother to the original Visible Man uses the formula to break his friend out of prison. So, so Vincent Price is invisible, and knowing that he could turn insane from the drug, so there's a race against time, and Mm. the doctor's doing animal experimentation on guinea pigs or rabbits, trying to make it work. Uh, Invisible Woman, pure comedy. And it's like completely different technology, but it's like this romantic comedy from 1940. It's like, this is cute. I mean, again, completely different. Right. Uh, um, other ones, the last three I haven't watched yet, which is there's Revenge of the Invisible Man. There's um, 
the Invisible Agent, uh, which again, Spy, and then Abbott and Costello. Mm. And it's like, I marvel at the creativity. It's like you took a concept and then had it different each time from, uh, you know, that includes romantic comedy to, yeah. spy, to spy movie. It's like, that's cool. I mean, like, that's, that is cool. Um, Frankenstein ones also are all are interesting, but that merits another podcast to get into. Those. All right. Uh, so everyone, we want you all to have a happy Halloween. Uh, I have plenty of Star Wars costumes. What do you, are you going to do you dress up for taking your kids out or passing out candy? No. Oh my God. My daughter would be mortified. Oh no, I'm not even allowed. I thought you meant for the Star Wars premiere. No, <laughs> no. for the Halloween. No, my daughter this year, she will be able to roam with her friend, um, which is fun. Cause I like staying home and giving out the candy and seeing all the cute kids in their costumes. So do you do anything, have spooky music playing or? Yes, my daughter did all the outside decorations, which border on almost being scary. But I'm like, we do have little kids. And then she put together a Halloween spooky music playlist. Oh, yes. This is, she's, she's decided she's going all out. So she's got all of it. So, yeah. God she's in charge. Me. She carved her pumpkin today. All of it. Yeah, you're, you're raising yeah. her right. That's awesome. <laughs> so, that's awesome. Oh, well, everyone, uh, check out the, the Halloween blog post that we have uh, and uh, have a happy and safe Halloween. And uh, stay geeky. Stay geeky, America. <laughs>